0: The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Journey Into Space. Six months after leaving the moon and traveling 355 million miles through space, flagship Discovery, accompanied by the remaining seven freighters of the Mars fleet, reached the Red Planet. After a preliminary survey from a 1,000 miles above its surface, Jet Morgan decided that the Discovery and one other ship should attempt a landing, the remainder of the fleet to continue encircling Mars in free orbit. So, leaving freighter number one, now completely transformed into a landing craft by the construction engineers, to follow 30 minutes behind the flagship, the discovery began its spiral descent towards the southern pole cap. Hey, what's that noise? What noise? Oh, it's like... Well, I, I can't describe it, Faye. That's plain enough. Can't you hear it, Doc? Yes, Lemmy, I can. Starting the run-in now. Putting your nose down. Ah, the ground looks flat and firm. Must be frozen solid. Let's hope so. If not, we'll sink into it and tip up for certain. Mitch, do you hear anything, a peculiar noise? Let me just ask you that. Well, can't you, Mitch? I can, and so can Doc. It's getting more than I can stand. It, it's like it's right inside my body. Climb! Hey, watch it, Jet. What are you trying to do? we bounce. Sorry, I'll, I'll try again. So what's the matter with it? And what's the matter with the ship? She's all over the place. Jet, what's happening up front there? I don't know. The, the ship doesn't seem to respond. No, Mitch, no. Don't get out of your seat. Stay where you are. But there's something wrong up front. Jet's in trouble. Unless I land her now, we'll never make it. Take her up again, Jet. Switch on the motor. I, James, I haven't the time. Stand by for crash landing. Oh, blow on me. Jet, for Pete's sake, give her power. Take her up. I can't, I tell you. Hold on. Here it comes. <laughs> Oh, oh, Are you all right, Lenny? Yes. I think so. You sounded as though you'd been hurt. Oh, Doc. That was a sigh of relief at finding I was still in one piece. <laughs> well, it wasn't all that much of a bump. Yeah, we seemed to hit the ground tail first, then skewed round. Now, how about you, Jet? You okay? Uh, Jet, are you okay? He don't answer. Perhaps he's hurt. Undo your straps. We'll go up front and see. Yeah, there. Yeah. That's mine. Oh, blimey. Hey, Lemmy, what are you doing down there on your knees? I don't know, Mitch. I seem to have lost the use of my legs. My legs. What's happened to my legs, Doc? Lemmy, for the last six months, we've been living under gravity-less conditions. Now, for the first time gravity returns, you try to run. Your legs just aren't used to it. Oh. Is that all? (laughs) For a minute, I thought I must have been injured in that crash. Look, get up slowly. Then take your magnetized boots off, and when you start walking, take it easy. Yes, Doc. I'm all set. Then go on up to Jeff. I'll follow as soon as I'm ready. I'm on my way. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. He's out cold, Doc. Be right with you. Hey, what happened to him, Mitch? Oh, look at that bump on his bonds Must have struck his head on the instrument panel. Here, help me undo his straps, will you, Lemmy? Yeah. Oh, blimey, look out there. <laughs> Christmas on Mars. Oh, never mind, that. Give me a hand to lift him out. Uh, yes, Mitch. Yeah. Oh, he seems heavy. <sighs> yeah. No weightless objects anymore, Lemmy. Not now we've landed. Can you manage, Mitch? Yeah, thanks, Doc. You'd better reconvert one of the chairs into a bed. Right. There. Now, I'll put him on that, and I'll take a look at him. Now, lower him gently, Lemmy. Yes, me. yes, yes. Now. Now, that's it. Uh-huh. Now, can I get you anything out of the medical locker, Doc? Yes, please, Lemmy. A number four dressing. Right on my... Right. Is he badly hurt? Uh, I don't think so. Bruised on his forehead seems to be the only injury. Uh,
1: uh, He's coming uh, round.
0: Here hey, you well, are, Doc. Thanks. Uh, Hello, uh, Jet. How are you feeling? what happened we made a crash landing you bumped your head and were knocked cold did we get down safely what do you think we're all here aren't we now hold your head back ah. you? i'm going to put something oh. on that bruise for you none of you were hurt no mike we didn't bump all that much and the chair saved us what was wrong Jip? why the crash landing i couldn't help it i was blacking out what i nearly lost control of the ship completely i have no recollection of anything after we touched down you mean you were unconscious by then well, of course he was here. he hit his head didn't he must have happened the second we at the deck do you remember striking oh. your head jet no doc i don't all i remember was that, that fearful noise and the louder he got the, the hazier everything became didn't any of you hear it yes we all did but it didn't seem to bother us all that much never bothered me at all and there's certainly nothing bothering us now well, no Lemmy. but supposing that noise did cause the trouble isn't number one likely to be affected by it, too? Look, when did we first notice it? Well, just as we was coming into land. We weren't more than 4,000 feet up. But then if they do hear it, it'll be when they're only a few minutes off touching down. Here, let me get over that radio. Right no, now. no, Jim. Stay where you are, will you? Mitch, you do it. Yeah, Doc. Hello, number one, flagship calling. Come in, please. Number one to flagship, receiving you. How's it going, Frank? Oh, fine, thanks, Mitch. We'll be alongside you in about 25 minutes. I'll call you before I make the run in. No trouble? No, everything going smoothly and according to plan. A wacko. We'll be listening for you. Well, you heard that. Nothing has affected them up till now, and it'll be another 25 minutes before they attempt a landing. Uh, let's hope it's better than the one I made. heard. Jack, how's that? Ah, uh, I uh, feel fine. Thank you, Doc. Good. Now drink this and lie back for a few oh. minutes. Uh, thanks, Doc. Uh, uh, is the ship damaged? Not as far as we know. We've hardly had time to find out. But let me know. I'll carry out an inspection right away. No, wait. I'll... Uh, I'll no, I'll Jet. Stay where look, you are. Ah, they can manage it between them. I'd have liked them to have taken a look outside first. We've just landed on Mars, the first man ever to do so. They have a right to see what it's like. They'll get this inspection over mighty quick, Jet, and you can depend on it. By then, you'll feel better, and we can all take a look. Together. you get up, Jet. It's not easy to walk at first. Uh, Uh, That's it. Uh, The pilot's cabin's too small for us all to look from there. I suggest you and Lemmy go into the navigation hatch, and Mitch and I look through the pilot's blister. Between us, we'll get a rear and forward. Right. Okay, Lemmy, come on. Let's get our first glimpse of Mars at close quarters. Yes, Doc. Navigation hatch. Contact. Okay, Lemmy, after you. Thank you, Doc. But I've already had one glimpse when I helped pull Jet out of the pilot's cabin. It's nothing but a white, flat plane, and it—it. It, it... Hey. What's over there? What, Lemmy? <laughs> it's our skid marks. Hmm. We turned almost completely round. Hey, Doc, look at the sky. It's a deep mauve. Yes. I thought it would be blue like it is down on Earth. Would the sky be that color all over this planet? Almost certainly. Because of the thin atmosphere. Go on. I wonder what color the soil is under that ice. Well, the part the skid marks have revealed looks black to me. It may look black in contrast to the whiteness, but it could be almost any color. Well, we'll find out soon enough when we go outside. Yeah, but that won't be for some hours. We've got to be sure it's safe to go out first. Hello, flagship. Number one calling. Hey, listen, that's Frank on the radio. i better get back. He'll be landing soon. Away you go, Lemmy. Hello, number one. Morgan here, receiving you. Oh, you're already, Jet. Uh, yes, Lemmy. Hello, Jet. We're rapidly approaching landing point and are preparing for the run-in just take it easy and you'll do all right how did you get on i fluffed it i'm afraid oh but we're all in one piece so's the ship so far as i know you shouldn't have any trouble okay jet i'll keep in touch all the way in and we'll keep a lookout for you remember you've got some valuable cargo aboard good luck frank are you going to warn him about that business uh, no mitch i don't want to worry him unnecessarily at this stage if he hears any odd sound he's bound to tell us yeah and a that's lot we can do about it if he does Everything's going fine, Skipper. Just about to bring her in now. We can still see you, Frank. Make it good. He's not going to land very near us. That's certain. Uh, he won't be too far out. Ah, there he goes, touching down now. And a beautiful landing. Ah, good for him. And look at the way that ice sprays up from the wheels. It's more like powdered snow. Oh, it must be composed of very fine, dry crystals, Mitch. Don't think it can be snow, not as we understand the word. Well, that's it, Jeff. He's down and safe. Nice work, Frank. Thank you, Skipper. Uh, tell your operator to keep radio watch. Meanwhile, as soon as your men have satisfied their curiosity about what's outside, you better start preparing to leave the ship. Yes, sir. Now, Mitch, let's get to work ourselves. Prepare to? To go outside, you mean? Of course. You don't think we came all this way to sit inside and twiddle our thumbs, do you? (laughs) Oh, good on you, mate. You're sounding better already. I feel it. Come on, Mitch, let's get started. I can't wait to get my feet on Martian soil. So, six months after leaving the moon, the landing on Mars was made. The moment control knew we'd touched down safely, the news that men had set foot on Martian soil was broadcast over the whole Earth. Within half an hour of touching down, the discovery was hooked up to dozens of radio transmitters on Earth while Jet described how the landing had been made and what Mars, or what little we could see of it, looked like. After hearing his description, the thought that most likely passed through the minds of the folks up there in the old world must have been, well, now that you've made it, was the trouble and the colossal expense really worth it? (laughs) On the face of it, they might well have had good reason to ask. Years of preparation and our hazardous journey had brought us, at long last, to a glaring, white, ice-bound wilderness, stretching as far as the eye could see. The landscape was as flat as a pancake a mirror-smooth sheet of white, broken only by the dark tracks left by the landing wheels of our craft. The two great ships, separated by no more than a mile, stood motionless in the eerie silence, their undersurfaces reflecting the glare from the ice. But we had no intention of remaining in our white wilderness for longer than we could help. It had been chosen as a landing place because it was the one spot where we could be sure of finding a smooth surface. But now that we had landed... It was our intention to leave the ships, begin the exploration of the pre-selected regions down towards the equator. The prospect excited us all. But first, we had to be sure that it was safe to step outside. Hello, Number One. Discovery calling. Can you hear us? Hello, Discovery. Rogers here. Okay, Lemmy. Exhaust her. Airlock. Contact. Hello, Frank. Jet and Mitch are about to go outside. They're in the airlock now. Keep a lookout for them, will you? Yes, Doc. How soon before we can begin to unload the cargo? The boys are all keyed up and ready to go. Air pressure maximum. Open the main door, Emmy, and let down the ladder. Right, mate. One ladder. Coming up. Well, Frank, that depends on Jet. Shouldn't be long now, though. Okay, Doc, we'll be listening. Now, about to descend. After you, Mitch. No, Jet. After you. I was the first man to set foot on the moon. you will be the first to step out onto Mars, eh? Thanks, Mitch. Well,. Here I go. I'm going into the pilot's cabin, Lemmy. Watch them from there. Right, Doc. I'll just hook up the radio and I'll be right with you. Hello, Doc. Yes, Jet. I'm now down on the deck. Actually walking on the surface. Well, on the ice anyway. And I'm just descending the ladder and touching down. Now. Ah, truth, ice is all crunchy. It's like like walking on a on a carpet of cornflakes. I just scooped up a handful of it, Doc. <laughs> it's like holding a, a pile of little diamonds. Yeah. Look at the way they drop through my fingers, like like grains of silver sand. It is ice, then. Well, yes, so far as I can judge just by looking at it. We're about to walk from under the ship, Doc, and round towards the nose so you can see us. Okay. Come on, Mitch. Right with you, Cobbler. Hey, Doc, have they come to sight you? No, not yet. Let me give them time. Ah, there they are. Hello, Jet. We can see you. Hello, Doc. We can see you, too, now. How's it feel out there, boy? Isn't it cold? Well, if it is, it doesn't penetrate the suits. Not yet, anyway. I'm not knowing what it'll be like after an hour or more out here, though. It's my guess we'll have to put the heaters on. The Thermometers already down below freezing point. We'll move out into the open now, Doc. Over towards number one. We'll set up the instruments midway between the ships. Right, Jeff. Can you hear us, number one? Yes, Skipper. And I can see you, too. I wish I was out there with you. <laughs> Don't be too impatient, Frank. Tomorrow, if this survey shows all is well, you can start unloading. Hello, Doc. Morgan calling. Oh, hello, Jeff. Here are the first reports of our findings up to now ready to take them? Yep. Uh, switch on the recorder, will you, Lemmy? Recorder on. Okay, Jet. All set. All right. First temperature and atmospheric readings coming up. Surface temperature is 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Atmospheric pressure at ground level, 3.5 inches. Just about what was expected. We've had to put the suit heaters on now, Doc, but we're warm and comfortable and have no difficulty in moving around. Uh-huh. We're going to send the balloon up. Soon as we have some readings on the upper atmosphere, I'll give you a call. Right. How long will that be, Doc? Oh, not for an hour at least, Lemmy. It'll take them some time to get that balloon launched and back on the ground again. Then how about some tea? Ah, good idea. I'll ask Frank if he'll keep watch. Hello, Frank, Doc calling? Yes, Doc. Uh, Would you keep an eye on Jet and Mitch for a spell while Lemmy and I take a bite to eat? Of course, Doc. Thanks. Okay, Lemmy. Oh, we'd better get Jet and Mitch's ready, too. Right. By the time they've got the balloon soundings over, night will be approaching and they'll have to be coming in. about it, Doc? You want any more? Uh, no, thanks, Lemmy. Uh, let me give you a hand. we we'll clear these things away. Oh, huh? no, no. I can manage, thanks. Well, then I'll go on up to the pilot's cabin. And... Hello, Jet, Mitch. Can you hear me? That's Frank calling. Yeah, sounds like Jet and Mitch must be almost through. Yes, Frank? You better get back into your ship quickly. That yeah, sounds more like there's something wrong. What for, Frank? We're not finished yet. Good grief. Hello, Jet. Come on, Frank's right. You'd better come back. Cripes. Oh, we had to. It's getting foggy. Eh? Yeah, mate. Look. Number one is hardly visible. But a few moments ago, it's quite clear. Well, it's not now. And it's getting thicker all the time, fast. Come on, let's get this balloon down and get moving. What is it, Doc? What sort of panic? look for yourself, Lemmy. There's a dense white fog gathering. Seems to be rising straight up from the ground. I can hardly see Jet and Mitch. Hmm, Blimey, if they're not careful, they'll never find their way back. Hey, Jet, come on in, mate. just picking up the gear, Lemmy. We'll be coming in a minute. I'll give me a hand to wind this darn balloon in, Jet. She's still a 1,000 feet up. What kind of a fog is that, Doc? Some form of ground mist, I suppose. How could it have formed so quickly? Search me. Maybe that's the usual way with mists on Mars. Well, let's hope not. It could prove darn troublesome. Or maybe it's only in the cold region that. It... Well, Jet and Mitch have completely disappeared. Hello, Jet. Hello, Doc. Look, we can't see you at all now. We can't see you either. We're completely enveloped. In fact, I can hardly see Mitch, and he's not more than a few yards from me. Hello, Frank. Can you see them? No, Doc, not now. I, I can't even see the discovery. Oh, we can't see you either. A uh, Jet. Yes, Doc? How are you going to find your way back? Oh, uh, we'll manage. Ship is only about a thousand yards away. We shouldn't miss it. We're just collecting the last of the gear together now. We'll be on our way in just a few moments. Okay, but hurry up. You ready, Mitch? You got everything? I think so. Anything we've forgotten, we'll have to stay out here all night. All right, then. Now, let's keep close together. Okay, Doc. Coming back now. Good. I'll put on the main landing light. Maybe you'll see it. There, can you? No. See nothing but this white wall of fog uh, visibility is down to zero we can't even see our own feet oh blimey doc hey doc what's the temperature likely to be out there at night uh, somewhere in the region of minus 100 degrees lemmy and it's not far off nightfall now oh freeze to death if they're caught out there all night they certainly will their suits are no protection against such severe cold not without the sun rays to help warm them. Oh, what about the, the, the uh, heaters in the suits? They're not powerful enough to combat the kind of cold to be found during a Martian polar night. Uh, hello, Jet. Yes, Doc. How are you doing? Can you see the light of the ship yet? No, this mist is so darn thick. I doubt if we will see it before we're almost on top of it. Still, don't worry, Doc. It's bound to come into view soon. Lemmy, call up Frank. Tell him to take a bearing on Jet and Mitch. And you do the same, huh? Uh, try to fix their position. Right. Hello, Frank? Yes, Lemmy. Next time Jet or Mitch speak to us, take a bearing on them, will you? And let me know what it is. Okay. Well, there's no need for that, Lemmy. We're not lost. Not yet, we're not. Well, we're just being cautious, that's all. If you've been walking in a straight line, Jet, you must be pretty close to us by now. You should see the light. We will in a minute, Doc, I'm sure. We're not walking as fast as you think. We have a lot of gear to carry. Jet, Jet, hello. Yes, Doc? Stay where you are. Don't move. What's up? We figured out your position. You've been walking in the wrong direction. What? Are you sure? Yes, mate. You're well south of us, about half a mile or more. Bearing from Discovery, 182 degrees. You've missed the ship completely. we couldn't have done. I'm telling you, Jet, this fog has made you lose your sense of direction. You'll have to turn completely round to come anywhere near us. But what's the guarantee? We'll stay on course if we do. Well, Frank and I can keep taking bearings on you. We'll guide you in. No, no. I have a better plan than that. What, Jet? The balloon line. I'll take one end of it, Mitch, and try to head back to the ship. You pay out the line until it's a 1,000 yards long. If I haven't found the ship by then... Well? Then I'll use you as a center and sweep out a circle 2,000 yards in diameter. Uh, the ship's bound to be somewhere within that area. All uh, right, o Jet. We should have done that in the first place. Did you hear all that, Doc? Yes, Jet. Okay, then, Mitch. I'll get going. Uh, start paying off the line. Keep checking on him, Lemmy, just in case. I'll keep him talking. Right, Doc. Hello, Frank? Yes, Lemmy? Keep at it, will you, mate? Just on Jet this time. Roger. Oh, hurry up, Jet. Just standing here. I'm beginning to get down cold. Is your heater working, Mitch? Yeah, Doc. Going full blast, but my feet are starting to freeze up. I'd hardly believe the mere blocking out of the sun's rays could make all that difference. How far have I gone now, Mitch? Uh, 70 yards. And don't let go of the end for Pete's sake. (laughs) the matter with Jet. He doesn't seem to have any sense of direction. This new fix puts him southwest of us now. 500. This sense of direction can't be that wrong, Lemmy, even in a fog. You're sure you've figured it out, right? Are you casting aspersions on my prowess as an operator? 510. Uh, no, Lemmy, merely asking if you're sure you've figured it out correctly. I've checked it twice. I'll tell you, Doc, he's walking away from me. 520. It. Hello, Jet. Yes, Doc? Look, according to Lemmy's latest fix, you're still walking in the wrong direction. Am uh, I, Doc? And maybe you can explain why I can see the ship's headlight. Hi. Can you see it, Jet? Yes, Mitch, just shining through the fog. Well, thank goodness. Are you sure, Jet? Are you telling me, Lemmy, I can't believe my own eyes? Oh, no, mate. But according to the last fix that we took <laughs> You'd better check it again, Lemmy. Yes, Doc, but I could have Keep sworn... Keep a tight hold Mommy, the line, have... Mitch, and I'll tug you to where I am. From here on, it's plain sailing. Haul away, You'd come better get out. ready to let him in, Lemmy. They'll be wanting to enter the airlock in just a few minutes. Yes, Doc. And while I'm doing that, maybe you'd like to check this fix yourself, okay? okay. Here's Frank's bearing, yeah. and that's mine. According to them, Jet can't be where he says he is. Then how can you account for his seeing the landing light? Oh, the, 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 the fog must be lifting and he's seeing it from a distance. Take a look out of the pilot's cabin, Lemmy. The fog's as thick as pea soup. Uh, well, then something must be wrong with the direction <gasps> no, finder. We'll argue about it later, Lemmy. Now go on, get to the airlock and don't let's have any more fuss. Yes, Doc. Hello, Discovery. Hearing you, Jet. Mitch is now alongside me and we're walking towards the light. Good for you. This fog seems to have a most peculiar effect on it. It looks a deep orange, not a white light. It'll probably get whiter as you get closer to us. How are your feet, Mitch? Still darn cold, Doc. I'll be glad to get back in the warm again. Temperature out here must be down to zero at least. It's very strange that with the atmosphere so thin, this fog can be so thick. I'd have thought the densest fog we'd see here would be a thin haze. Well, it's far from that. And there must be some reason for it, some, some peculiarity of the atmosphere that we don't know about. And why should it come up so suddenly? Yeah, it seemed to envelop us almost before we realized it was here. Thick fogs of this kind are quite common in high latitudes. Uh, what was that, Jet? Thick fogs of this kind are quite common in high latitudes. Oh, that's what I thought you said. What a beautiful orange light the ship has. It sends a warm glow right through you. It's like a miniature sun. Mitch, is it still orange? But you must be getting quite close to it. Yes, it's almost directly above us. Oh, we're completely bathed in its light so warm, comforting. It's like a a great sunland. Hey, what's the matter with you two? Why don't you come out here, Doc, and bring Lemmy with you? We can strip down to our skins and bathe in its rays. Jet, what's wrong? Have you gone crazy? If the light's above you, you must be right under the ship's nose, not 20 yards from the airlock. Come on inside. Lemmy's waiting to let you in, and you too, Mitch. I don't want to come in. Um, But you must. Night will soon be falling. You'll freeze to death. Now, what's the matter with them, Doc? Are they gone crackers or what? Can you see them out there? No, Lemmy, I can't. But if they're directly beneath the light, shouldn't we see them? It penetrates as far as the ground, doesn't it? Yes, Lemmy, but they're not there. Then where are they? Hello, Jet. Look, can you hear me? Yes, Doc. Just now, you said you were standing directly in the landing light. But we've looked through the pilot's window and we can't see you. Look, this is no time for practical jokes. Hello, flagship number one calling. Come in, please. Answer that, will you, please, Lemmy? Yes, Doc. Hello, Frank Lemmy here. I've been listening to you talking to Jet and Mitch. Well? And I've been lining up on them with the radio. They can't be anywhere near your ship. At the moment, they're west of us and getting further west all the time. Hey? Yes, Lemmy. Our last fix must have been the right one jet wasn't anywhere near the discovery when he said he saw a light. Hello, Frank. There's something screwy somewhere. Nothing seems to add up. Well, I've checked up on them three times, Doc. I swear they're nowhere near you. Then how come they're so sure they can see our light? Search me, Doc. I'm as much in the dark about this as you are. Look, how long would it take you to unload one of the land transport trucks and get it ready for service? Well, if we work fast with all the men on the job about... Forty-five minutes. Right. Then do it, Frank, will you? And when you've unloaded it, turn the heaters on and get inside. Stand by to drive it over here. Okay, Doc. I'll get started right away and call you when I'm ready. What's the idea, Doc? Maybe your fix wasn't so wrong, Lemmy. If Jet and Mitch are walking away, as they seem to be, we may have to go out after them. What? In this scotch mist? We'll never find them. Oh. There's a chance of it'll lift as rapidly as it descended. Maybe after the sun has set. And how long will that be? Roughly about half an hour. It'll be dark by then. How will they keep warm? Lemmy that noise can't you hear it yes that's the same noise we heard just as we was coming into land the noise jet said caused him to to, to... jet can you hear me jet leave me alone doc can't you see i'm tired tired what do you mean i want to sleep where it's warm jet listen it's not the tiredness that makes you sleepy it's the cold i must lie down I must lie down. No, Jet, don't. By heaven's sakes, don't lie down. Oh, sleep. It is a gentle thing. Beloved from pole to pole. Hey? Right? If you ask me, you're up the pole, Jet. Do you hear me? Don't go to sleep. And Mitch, what about Mitch? Is he asleep And all? Sleep. That knits up the rabble sleeve. sleep again. A nice time to start knitting. What's he talking about? Jet, listen to me. You're nowhere near the ship. There is no orange light. You must find your way back. Do you hear? Jack, do you hear me? He's not answering. He must be asleep already. They both must be. If they are, Lenny, out there in that bitter cold, it'll be the end of both of them. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 9 of Journey into Space with Andrew Folds as Jet Morgan, David Kossoff as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, Bruce Beebe as Mitch, and with David Jacobs. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space is written by Charles Chilton and produced by him in the London studios of the BBC.